Blog Talk Radio. about you know the behind the scenes drama but I figured I would uh, talk to you all about what's been going on with me from the mental aspect motivation I'm going to talk to you about being encouraging to one another basically also going to talk to you about the uh, comparisons in my life uh, to other people that are duly noted that are famous you know that influenced me as a podcaster and what have you. I'm also going to be talking about what really went down between Pizza Simpson and myself. So allow me to first and foremost talk about the mental aspect of what I've been dealing with. In the last seven months, I've been through, well, let's see here, schedule change at work. Things were getting better. Um, not only schedule change at work, but um, going without my happy pills for almost three weeks because I couldn't afford to buy them. Also, uh, dealing with the anti-socialism that occurred during Christmas time. Kind of anti-social, but you get the gist. Um, but dealing with what I normally have dealt with for the last 20, 21 years of my life. It's uh, being bipolar manic, uh, having a lot of uh, problems, if you will, when it comes to feeling secure, feeling like I am myself. So, I met somebody that was going to help me out with my show, take it, you know, back to glory, supposedly, and make it a better show. But from the mental aspect of things, let's see here. Before the falling out, let's let's get a few things straight. Let's cover our bases, if you will. I really didn't feel <clears throat> like doing the show was a joy anymore. I felt like it was a drag. Because when you do talk about feeling secure, feeling safe, feeling like you're into what you're doing, you want to feel the sincerity behind it. There literally was a lack 
of uh, enjoyment, a lack of uh, jubilation, you know, feeling jovial, you know, basically the adjectives that describe joy. Whenever someone like me deals with some distractions outside of the podcast, which is, you know, I didn't expect my aunt to have a stroke, a brain bleed, a shunt put in her brain to take all the way, you know, take all the cerebral spinal fluid away. Also, at that time, folks, before Christmas, my grandfather was not doing his best. I mean, he'd been on this earth for 96 years. And to experience um, what he must have experienced, I don't want to. Uh, the last of his life, he was going through absolute hell. So hang on a second, bear with me. We're going to pause some seconds for station identification. Right here on Wrestle Radio Network. Bear with me, folks. So as I was saying, from the mental aspect, I was I felt distracted. I felt that there was a lot going wrong. And uh, as I get updates on the phone, anyways, um, there was a lot that I had to deal with from the mental. I'm not the only one that goes through mental trauma, pushes it down, and just puts on one hell of a show. I know I'm not, because there's a lot of good people in this world that deal with a lot from the mental aspect and still manage to get up, get out of bed, and feel like they, their opinions matter, their self-worth matters, all that good jazz. So what I've been dealing with mentally has been, like, you know, my grandfather having Alzheimer's and his health was deteriorating. During that time period, guys, after Christmas, after the anti-socialism that occurred, where I didn't really get out of the Airbnb and didn't do shit, do I regret some of it? No, in some aspects, and yes, in some aspects of being anti-social with family. I just didn't want to be Mr. Negative around my entire family. I didn't want to be the Debbie Downer, okay? I, that's not me. So... From that aspect, I really didn't feel like socializing with nobody. I just felt like relaxing and doing my own thing, being my own, being in my own world. After Christmas, well, you know, it's a new year, new beginnings, and you see people for who they truly are. So, and also, I'll get to that point of the show later. So, dealing with the mental, I remember feeling worried that I was going to lose two family members. That'd be my aunt in New York, uh, from New York, I should say, and then my grandfather, who was the kindest man you will ever meet in your lives. Some of you had the privilege of meeting him, and others, um, you didn't know him. He was the most optimistic man you ever met in your life. I never saw that man frown. I never saw him get angry. 
never raised his voice. He'd always laugh and always smile. Um, was it hard focusing on shows during that time period? Yes, because my brain was running a million miles a minute about several things, and I still managed to go to work through all that bullshit. I felt like I did not want to get up out of bed and go because of my grandfather, because of what was going on. I spent I spent three weeks in a house with nobody, no soul to talk to. I mean, on occasion, yes, I would call my mom to break the silence and talk about fun stuff like the Raiders winning uh, and you know, various other things going on in my life, what's going on with my dad, who had to take care of my grandfather till his last dying uh, breath. And it was, it was very, very difficult from that uh, aspect mentally. Also, you know, hearing updates on my aunt during Christmas time about what was going on with her. It was very nerve-wracking, very difficult because she's one of the staples and I believe helps that uh, Christmas vibe go on during our Christmas time. So it felt weird without her. So I mentally, folks, was not all there during that time period between December and January. And it really, you know, it culminated from a lot of things, stress from work, stress from dealing with a certain situation that happened at work, dealing with a situation that happened on the home front. And to be honest with you, I'm thankful that a few of my coworkers and a few of my bosses were very understanding when I was going through all this shit. Um, As far as completing tasks and being able to function as a normal human, that part wasn't easy, okay? <clears throat> it's like being on autopilot. You're not – you're there, but you're not all there. You're not saying sound of mind. You're going insane in the membrane, if you will. All right, so that was my mental. Now, I'm going to talk to you about the motivation – to do anything at all, you know, it was very difficult. To get out of bed was a journey. I just literally would think to myself, why am I getting up? Why can't I just sit back and just watch TV or just doodle like I normally do and go to Planet Fitness and work out and just uh, work out all my troubles and everything was going to be fine. Uh, I had little to no motivation to do a wrestling podcast, and that's something that's very odd for me because I love professional wrestling. It's been difficult to uh, keep track of as of the current moment because of what had been going on from the mental aspect because I literally felt there was no motivation for me to earn a paycheck, for me to get out of bed. Yes, I did have motivation to smell good and to look good, but outside of Anything other than, you know, wrestling podcast, what what was the main motivation? What was my, what was my drive in life, you know, from December to now? Um, When you get told certain things and you have to put up with certain shit, it takes a toll on someone mentally to be motivated to function normally and then have to deal with, on top of that, you have to put up with customers, you have to put up with, uh, 
um, being told what to do, how to do it, when to do it. That's just, it's called the job, you know. And the motivation to do said job, yeah, that one was tough. But I let my boss know openly what was going on with me, and he was very receptive. And I want to thank him for being that uh, that shoulder to lean on, you know, not be a crutch, but basically be the person that said, I'm glad you let me know what was going on um, so we know what to, uh, how to place you and where, you know, where you want to be. So thank you for that, man. Um, that's basically, you know, how I was motivated to come back because if I was told, oh, you know, it'll get better, I would have looked at uh, said person and said, gee, you don't have any kind of empathy whatsoever and you don't know what the fuck I'm going through. I would have been angry. I would have been severely angry. But I had a very understanding team of, of supervisors that were very, very helpful. And it felt great. It felt great knowing that I could be motivated to go to work and, and just talk about what's going on. I had coworkers that were empathizing with what I was going through. Um, it just felt like there was a lot there's a lot on my plate. A lot of people in this world are motivated because they know that they have to work their ass off in order to get the result they want. And and in the last three months of my life, I have started to find my way to said motivation. So hang on a second while I answer questions. Hang on one second, folks. All right, so back to focusing, which has been also an issue with me. Um, <clears throat> motivation to socialize. I really didn't feel like I wanted to be that guy. I didn't want to be the person that people remembered a negative story about and posted, you know, on their social media. No, I wanted to be the relative that basically stayed away from everybody and still managed to socialize here and there. Uh, I didn't have the proper tools for me to complete said socialization. That being said, I didn't have the motivation because, well, partially it was about happy pills for almost three weeks, which is not suggested, but I didn't notice any difference. But anyways, moving on, folks, wrap that, up, wrap, wrap that portion up. I'm going to say... It was very difficult to feel motivated to get up. Um, when my grandfather finally did pass on, um, I felt like it was sad, but it was that's just a part of life type thing. But also motivation from that funeral was keep on going, living your life, and, and count it as a blessing. That was motivation enough for me. And also uh, the socialization part As far as family, as far as uh, intermingling with coworkers, 
socially it was definitely difficult because I'm normally uh, jovial, happy, joking, and happy-go-lucky guy, and I wasn't that guy. So I'm going to move on. I'm going to talk to you all about being a voice that encourages others, that encourages, um, you know, that allows people to feel that they have self-worth and that their opinions do matter, and also the ability to sound encouraging while you're criticizing somebody. There's so many points in my life where I can tell you my side of the story and where somebody encouraged me to continue on. Like, for example, my parents have always been there. No matter if I argue with them like cats and dogs, you know, we're like oil and water. A lot of times we don't mix or agree on something, but they've always been the voices of encouragement to make me feel that I was an individual that had self-worth, that had self-confidence, even though that was lacking in the early years of my life. And it made me feel like really didn't have no direction, uh, couldn't keep on subject, hated school, still don't like school, to be honest with you. But I went, I persisted. I kept going. I got up every day in the days when I had eczema and I was starting fourth grade and felt alienated as lunch because I would scratch and itch and be nasty. But my parents were voices of reason. They say they would say, just take my mom would say, take it one day at a time and you'll be fine. So be the person that encourages someone. Don't tear them down because you didn't necessarily agree with their opinion. If they, uh, if the person you're trying to help doesn't feel, they don't feel validated or they don't feel like their opinion mattered, that's going to discourage a lot of uh, good vibes, a lot of positive energies. So in other words, folks, I felt like some of the time that I was around Pizza Simpson, you know, this entire show is about, uh, the falling out between he and I, not entirely. I don't want to spend too much time on that shit. I'm going to save it for last. But there were some times where the words between the two of us were encouraging, and then there were times that the feeling was not mutual at all. It felt very one-sided. So whenever I feel like things are one-sided, I tend to either shut down or I get very, uh, very straightforward, very direct. with how I'm feeling about a certain situation and a certain feeling about, you know, life in general. I felt like every suggestion that was made on his end went through and was encouraged by myself, but every suggestion that I had when it came time for my turn uh, was pushed to the wayside. And that's not healthy. You should, you know, you should never tell someone how to feel Whenever someone's going through stuff, you should encourage them to be better, but in a way that's not going to make the other person feel like their opinions don't matter, that they're not validated, that they're not, their opinions don't have merit to them. You know what I mean? I had something that happened on the personal side of things. I won't go into detail, but let's just say it was an incident that happened at the workplace, all right? 
when I felt strongly about a certain somebody, I let them know. I'm not going to hold back. If you, if you, if for the people who know me, I always like to vent. And sometimes I get laughed at. Sometimes I tell them, like, no, for real, this is how I feel. They always encourage me to say, okay, B, you know, let's let it out. Say how you really feel. Well, how I really felt was that you missed the you missed the point when you said, how did I tell you how to feel? It is practically every opportunity that I had to vent about certain somethings that went down that I was not in favor of. I know not everybody will agree with me. I know not everybody will share the same opinion. But it's always nice to feel a certain sense of being listened to. Instead of, you should feel this way, you should feel that way. That's not encouraging at all. That's discouraging. That's making someone feel like, I'm trapped. I'm never, ever going to get out of the situation. Well, you know what, folks? I learned my lesson. <clears throat> Make sure that you stand up for what you believe in. Make sure that you're 100% sure that this person has your back, that this person is going to encourage you, this person is going to make you feel like you matter. didn't feel that at all. How I felt was if I had something to say, it was always spun around. And then I always somehow managed to apologize to this narcissistic individual. So be encouraging. Be helpful, meaning like you ain't got to be the fake plastic exterior that people are sometimes with encouragement because they just want to get what they want to get. There are the givers and the takers. There are movers. There are movers. There are makers. Encourage someone, even though they don't feel like they're worth something. Make them feel that good, warm feeling because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know if that person's going to show up tomorrow. So this falls into the category right, you know, right into the subject line. I, you know, I tend to catch things on social media that I can relate to maybe not on the same level with this person, but this person helped influence me musically. Um, and also, you know, watching her life story and reading her book gave me insight as to what she was and what she was going through. It's a similar situation, but not on the grandest of all scales, okay? A lot of you know I love Mariah Carey, and a lot of you know I pretty much read up on what's going on with her. Not stalker-like, but the point is she had a situation through which she was not so happy or pleased. You know, she just felt like she was just going through the motions and not being able to express her creative feel, her creative viewpoint. In other words, she was just somebody that worked 22-hour days. Very seldom did she get breaks. Um... She was encouraged to keep going, but it was the kind of keep going that's not healthy from a mental aspect. It's not healthy from an encouraging aspect. So Tommy Matola, a record exec, found Mariah 
uh, got her out of obscurity from singing back up from Brenda Starr and the rest is history. She has 18 number ones, actually 20. She's the first artist in history to make Artist of the Decade on three separate occasions. What am I getting at? This is not a biopic of Mariah Carey. This is basically saying when you feel like you're being controlled and you feel like you don't, the relationship that you're in is toxic and that you're just faking a smile in front of cameras and you're not feeling yourself, then the obvious thing to do is to get up, stand on your own two feet, and face reality. Even though it's really fucking difficult to do for a lot of us, for even for, you know, for people who think they have it all together. Oh, boy. Let me tell you something. That relationship right there, right alongside Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston, I am not on the magnitude that those women are on as far as fame goes. I'm not even on the fucking grid yet. But I can relate to feeling what it feels like to be controlled, what it feels like to be told how to look, what to wear, what to say, how I should approach things. There's a difference between being told that by your supervisor at work and by somebody who supposedly knows who you are after seven months of being known. There were things said to me that made me think, wow, this is a... This is interesting. This is pretty cool. I'm open for ideas. But then it turned into, you shouldn't do this. This is going to be the time frame for your show. When you start losing control of what you own, what you like, what you're passionate about, you start losing interest, and it starts to show. But when you get to that point where you're feeling control and you feel like there's no way out, yeah, it begins to have this feeling of suffocation. Like, there's no way out. There will never be someone better that will come along and help the show along and, and make it better. Literally, man, I've been running this show since 2016. The reason why I'm comparing my situation to that of the superstars is because it's a very similar context. Being told, pointed in a certain direction, you're looked at as innocent or you're looked at as this one-dimensional guy, this WWE guy who can't discuss anything outside of WWE. Like, no, man. There's a whole world concerning professional wrestling. My concern was, gee, you know, little by little, I'm starting to lose control of my own show. I'm the one that contributed or has contributed over the last six years. You want to multiply, uh, let's see here, 36 times or 39 times. Wow, that's a long-ass time. Let's see here. 12 times 6 equals 72. Multiply that by 39. I've spent 2,000 
$1,808 as of March 7th contributing to Russell Radio Network, and you have the nerve to sit there and say, I give this show a year. Thank you for the motivation. You know, Thank you for the structure that you have brought to the, well, my show. But saying things, as soon as things started going south, you automatically drag up past conversations through which holds no merit whatsoever in the argument and holds no precedent over how I feel about you because, dude, if you want me to take the time to sit there and go and listen to what it is exactly that's going on in your life, you don't feel like doing a show, I understood. And I was very empathetic, or I was very empathic, if you will, when it came to your personal shit. When it came to mine, it was always, oh, you shouldn't feel this way. That's like a knife right to someone's back. Because being told how to feel is the equivalent of mentally feeling wrecked because they're like, well, gee, I only should feel this way. Maybe my opinions really don't matter. The same with Mariah and Tommy. That relationship was kind of (laughs) jaded in the first place. Yeah, things were great the first few times around, but when you want to have children and you want to explore other music avenues and you don't want your career... They didn't want her career to be in shambles, so they pointed her in the direction of constant work, 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 no enjoyment. You know, she'd look happy on camera, and she'd be interviewed by ET, and you know, this little happy-go-lucky female who got, has this beautiful range and can whistle register with her voice. But when she, you know, parted ways with Matola, yeah, she had a mental breakdown. She released her movie on the day that 9/11 happened. There was a lot of negativity that had to build up, but it made her stronger because she was able to reflect, take a step back, take a break. You know, yes, she's been married like two or three times, but what I'm trying to say is Mariah found her way back to the positive side of the limelight. I didn't have any mental breakdowns on air. I didn't, you know, sell popsicles on TR, not sell popsicles, but give out free popsicles on Total Request Live on MTV. But um, I just want to point out the following. When she was told by Whitney Houston about how toxic her relationship was with Bobby Brown, the same premise, I was told by outside friends that this is nothing but if not if but he is narcissistic and he's only using you to leech off your success and itself you know as things would present itself during a Facebook messenger argument I'm going to tell you when he said you know fine I quit you can have it after I said do you contribute financially to this show. That revealed true colors of somebody 
who honestly believed that there's no other way but his way. So lastly, folks, I want to talk to you about what I've already been talking about, um, but I'm going to tie these both points in. Opinions do matter when they have merit, when they have a solid reasoning behind it. If you're not happy with what I'm saying, that's cool. Giving me the silent treatment, thank God. I always felt that if you have something to say, if you have a viewpoint even if it sounds silly, even if it sounds completely otherworldly, go ahead and say it because what good will it do if you keep it inside? You say, some things are better left unsaid. That depends on the situation and that depends on what we're talking about. I've always felt like I wasn't able back then to get out clearly how I felt. It was always the other person had a say over what I was saying, and it just felt completely weird. It felt completely wrong. And I always felt like I wanted to say more to the individual that had wronged me. Never got the opportunity to do that. You know, I'll give you an example. I was not diagnosed with bipolar manic until I was the age of 18. But in between that, going backwards uh, in life, just for the backtracking, I would have a conversation with somebody and they would make fun of me because I was literally all over the place. And whenever I tried to make a point or say my point of view, I was always laughed at, made fun of even 10 times harder. That made it all the more harder for me to get up during middle school years, to get up during, nah, maybe not so much high school. High school is a little better, but not by much. In other words, when I argued, it was definitely in circles. But now, I notice when it hits a nerve, I notice when my opinion should be validated, not agreed with one, but should be, okay, I see what you're saying, but never really happened with Pizza Simpson. It always, you know, had to be his viewpoint, his opinion, his way of life, and then it really freaking irked me. It irked me to the bitter end, dude. Also, I think that, you know, when you have the time to sit down it's difficult to say okay well I hear what you're saying but I learned that from a good friend of mine who helped me see things from two perspectives and essentially seeing things from two perspectives is key because then what you're doing is you're allowing people you're allowing People to say <clears throat> I 
Life is a two-way street, not a a one-lane road. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one is what I heard for a very long time. And for like the time being between Pizza Simpson and myself, yes, there was peaceful, peaceful shows. There's peaceful conversations. But I always felt there was something missing. And then um, literally what I was going to say was, okay, before I lost track. <clears throat> well, we're going to pause some seconds for station identification because I've got a lot of questions here on Instagram. Give me one second, folks. Whenever somebody sits down and has the gall to say, well, you know, you're here, but you're not quite here, that's helpful in some aspects. In other words, it was good to have certain kind of criticism, but it was also unhealthy to hear constant criticism. And that's not what I'm about. I will critique and criticize something that I'm passionate about, like pro wrestling or a movie or sports teams I like, like the Raiders and Yankees, but I will never, ever consistently be a dark cloud hanging over something that I love. You can take with that opinion what you will. Opinions that matter are the ones that allow you to feel validated and feel like a fucking human being. Not someone that their opinions are shirked off, not listened to, beaten around like a pinata, and then every single piece falls out, and people just take, take, take. So what I mean by that is I felt like my opinions were not validated sometimes. I also felt that for me to make this show move forward, I had to literally... Not test the waters, but see things as they are. For what, you know, I had to see Pizza Simpson's true colors. A lot of my friends on the outside were kept telling me, this guy is not the answer to your problems. This guy is part of the problem. Well, you know, you never think people are right until it actually, situation presents itself and it becomes revealed Lastly, folks, I'm going to tell you what the breaking point was between Pizza Simpson and myself. Whenever people say that they have a timeline, they know your tendencies, they know who you are, they know what you're about, they know, they know. No, they do not know. Despite their constant insisting that they do know you, and they are pretty much sure they can. They have you figured out. That's that's where I draw the line. That's where I put up a bunch of mental red flags. As far as knowing an individual and their worth, you do not put a timeline on friendship. You do not put a timeline on 
someone's success because what that simultaneously does to a person like me is basically tells me you never really had my back from day one you were just using me you didn't think i can catch on you don't think my intelligence level is that of equal or two of yours i'm sorry to the person that's still going through school mad props to you but also to the person that discouraged me from telling it from a you know telling things from a wrestler's perspective or a manager's perspective or a business you know the other side of the curtain's point of view, dude, I am allowed to tell whatever point of view I want on a show that I run and pay for and help run the social, uh, help run the social media. I do run the social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I have that right as an individual to portray, not portray, but basically tell the tales of, you know, what it's like on the other side. When you tell somebody or restrict somebody's access to feeling validated or to feeling like their opinions matter, then what you are doing is basically putting that person in a box and trying to say, okay, I'll only let you out because this is the time to let you out. You want to talk about being in a mental prison? I kept wondering, well, you know, I wonder what if I told Adam off, uh, you know, sorry. Breaking kayfabe. I wonder if I told Pizza Simpson off. How would it feel? How would he react? I got my answer, you know, right before the Royal Rumble and kept going and going and going and flowing on uh, Facebook Messenger. The vial that came out of your mouth basically was my breaking point. And I'm not going to use the phrase, my friend. Because you once upon a time posed as one, but you never quite grasped the concept of what a true friend was. Also, you want me to be dead honest with you, man? There's a reason why you went through relationship turmoil. It's because though there was mutual respects going on in your life, dude, I'm going to tell you flat out right now, it doesn't matter if you were to date someone for... I don't even know who would want to date you, to be honest with you. But um, if someone was, you know, going to be saying, oh, I'd love to date this person, and then get to know you and you tell them how to feel, you tell them what they can and cannot do, that puts a great hold on the relationship flourishing. Our partnership, or lack thereof, was comprised of Okay, let's hold one big giant phone conversation via me being on the microphone and me putting effort into putting a show title together and basically being on air for an hour and a half, two hours discussing whether we like or dislike the show. So in other words, we weren't any different from any other podcast that's on air. We just were two people blathering on about pro wrestling. One didn't watch one program. The other one didn't watch program. It was a fucking nightmare in some regards. In some regards, it was, okay, so now the show has structure. Now the show has direction. But don't ever in your life sit there and say, I respectfully have resurrected this show and gave it a thousand listens. Are you fucking kidding me? That's amateur talk. Try getting this over a thousand listens. 
for six years. I took this from, oh boy, 69 all-time listens to 7,000. It kind of took a hiatus. I took a hiatus because I wasn't in the mental frame of mind to continue on with what I was continuing on. I tried, you know, find the motivation to getting guests on my show. Didn't happen. So I'm going to tell you right now. When I found, when you found me and basically like, so you need help with a podcast. I was open to the idea of you joining the ranks. I was open to helping evolve and change the show. And then you said I wasn't. Telling things that were very fictitious lies, grandeurs of illusions, such as you said you called Arn Anderson. You said you helped train Roman Reigns. What bowl was I smoking from on that day? What drink did I put in my hand that made me so freaking drunk with words that never got said and never got thrown out of my mouth, but yet you wrote down the date and the time that I supposedly said it? You want to talk about narcissistic? How about, dude, you talk about every other fucking opportunity that you had to talk about. You talked about your own personal grievances. Such as, you know, you said, you told me you were going through some personal, you know, tribulations, such as a divorce. And I listened to everything that was said, and I'm thinking to myself, he's not a bad person. He just needs some, you know, help with a lot of shit. One of those things that could help you out majorly, dude, is taking on social cues. When someone is going through family, not family drama, but family tragedies, you need to be a bit more empathic than, you know, completely twisting the situation around in your finger and said, I'm glad that you said you didn't want to do a show because I watched Raw. It was completely terrible. That was the starting point for me and the reason why I didn't come forward and tell you is because you would try and talk over me and make me feel like my voice really didn't have a say. So really at this point, I'm thinking to myself, how can I get out? How can I make my situation better to where I'm not pitching the bitch fit to other people about you? Because really at this point, yeah, I've heard people don't like me. I don't give a – I really don't give a fuck. I'm not here to people please. I'm here to be myself. And if you don't like it, you know the saying. If you can't take the heat in the kitchen, then get the fuck out. One little temperature change, metaphorically speaking, and you exited stage left quicker than you can say Ticonderoga. I mentioned one iota of contributing financially, helping out on social media, and you couldn't say a word. But then you revert back to what I supposedly said and what I have done. So in other words, point the finger, blame, blame. You're gone. 
you're not a true friend. When you put a timeline on somebody, when you basically say, this is how this person was. Yo, it was a nightmare. Yo, I give this show a year. Talk about petty and talk about bitter. Yes, I did not pay you because I didn't feel the need to, nor could I afford to pay you. I didn't want to pay you because essentially what you did to my show was you gave it structure. You helped brainstorm on certain things, but then you tried taking over the operation. That's a no-no. And maybe people should tell you, instead of um, going forward and forth telling people, yo, this show's a nightmare. I have people. I have connections. Really, no. So why didn't you share any connections at the time being? Why didn't you share the wealth? Why weren't you more receptive? Why? A lot of questions come to mind. Why? I will never understand some people when they say, oh, you know, Brian's, you know, doing his own thing and he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He just talks in circles. If you actually sit down with me, time will go by really fast because I like enjoying the company of one person or more. Okay. I like being that person that can crack jokes, make people laugh. But also when someone's going through their personal shit, I like to be that shoulder they cry on, the ears that are able to listen to them without passing judgment or telling that person directly how to feel. So in other words, dude, you missed out on a great person. Missed out on listening to the other side of the spectrum. In other words, You cannot sit there and say that I did not give you an opportunity to have a platform to speak directly how you wanted to, even though sometimes, I'm not going to lie, man, you say you put on mute, you hung up. You don't own the show. Your name is not etched from the side of the fucking show. You didn't create the logo. You didn't do a lot of things. A lot of people uh, that I've spoken to that listen to the show have literally said to me, couldn't stand listening to the individual after a certain period of time. It's not just the podcast. It's your behavior outside of that that kind of was sending a bunch of mixed signals. I was like, no, this can't be. This can't be this person. He's a great guy. He's a great individual. Breaking point, more like breaking points. I noticed that you also think that I'm not, (laughs) I'm not, even though I went through wrestling training, worthy of beating you in a promo war. Dude, do you have any idea what you're getting yourself into? When someone gives me the opportunity and platform to say how I really feel, I'm not going to pass that opportunity up, man. I'm literally going to take the opportunity and time to say the following. Never underestimate Brian Rails. Never underestimate me in the slightest. Don't push me up against the wall because I will come out swinging, and if I fail, I fail. If I'm not good at something, I'll be the first to admit, hey, I really suck at this. 
I don't even think I'm going to venture into trying. Sometimes I try it, even though I know I'm going to flunk at it. But I love hearing the words, I give it a year. So you give it a year so that my show finally takes off, goes places, and gets invited to other podcasts. So, and maybe, just maybe, this is just freelancing this statement, but uh, might get invited to Good Morning America, might get invited to uh, AEW or even WWE to interview their stars. You don't know until you actually try. I think part of the issue was, man, you want to talk about labeling me as one-dimensional. Okay, I'm leaving. The only thing that I can think of, I'm going to pause in seconds for station identification, right here on Russell Radio Network. All I'm saying is, folks, more power to the people who are told they can't do something or be somebody because they finally woke up and paid attention. They paid attention to the warning signs. They paid attention to what people were telling them finally, and they finally took direction in their own life, and they finally made things happen. Yeah, we're not, you know, we only have two YouTube videos. Yes, we only have hand followers on Instagram, there's ways to change that. There's ways to serve our audiences better. So I'm going to, I'm going to basically out of, out of frustration, basically say, I know what direction I have. I know that when I invite the new co-host to the show, show is going to be where it should be. I know that people are going to say, Brian Rails, you're a crazy SOB, but man, we love listening to your show because we can relate on some kind of level what you're saying, what you're about, what your mission is. Some people will be like, we have never heard of you. Do you got a show? Do you have spots? Do you have this? Do you have that? I honestly feel, folks, that uh, I get asked that question a lot, and it's a work in progress, to be honest with you. I'm answering some questions, if you will, on uh, Russell underscore radio on Instagram. And uh, I'm going to say right here, right now, it took a lot for me to feel comfortable getting on air again because... I didn't want to come out swinging right away. I had to make my points. I had to be, I had to feel like there was a reason behind this. And, you know, thank you, Tita Simpson, for giving me reasons to motivate myself into doing a better job with this show. Because, yes, it wasn't shitter, but it was also, you know, 50-50 reasoning. And that was because... There was no intrigue. It was just a giant conversation. Um, I was told from outside viewpoints that your show 
sounds like a conversation between, you know, two wrestling fans who always hate on WWE, hate on Cody Rhodes, hate on Chris Jericho. Why? Why was that a thing? Why was hating on people of success a thing with you? I don't understand. I'm just wondering. There's always going to be epiphanies in my life. I've been on this earth for almost 35 years. I'm still learning a lot, folks. And what I learned with my breaking point with Pizza Simpson was you can't always get your way, but you can sure as hell find somebody else And I'm going to make an impromptu announcement right here, right now. And I'm going to just drop a bombshell, if you will. Because, you know, after not having a host for one show, I realize, you know, there's no way in hell I'm going to be alone for another six years. No, sir. I'm bringing back somebody that's going to breathe life into this show again. I'm bringing back the original owner of this show. I'm bringing back Jake Ryan. I'm bringing back the original owner because... I feel like this guy encouraged me to be off the hinges, to be real, to be organic. I really want to just point out something. You want to talk about slander. You want to talk about uh, things that I didn't do as a host that I was not taught, you know, talking to, I was talking to hear my own voice. Well, no. There's always, always been a thought in my head, thank you. What can be improved about WrestleRadio Network? What can I do to move forward past Pizza Simpson after the fact that things were dragged into the mud argument-wise? It just was told to me that my argument with him was out of left field by him. So uh, with 30 minutes left, folks, I'm basically going to tell you the following, to incorporate every single thing that I've spoken about. Don't ever cut someone else's opinion out like it's a a bad weed, okay? Don't discourage people into thinking their dreams don't matter. Also, it doesn't matter if I'm talking about pro wrestling, football, I can just make – I can have fun with it. Having fun – And a conversation is very key because then you can carry on. You have good social skills. You know, for somebody who is very 
antisocial with certain people in his life. I think I'm doing pretty good, to be honest with you. I think I'm doing fairly decent because most people in my situation would have caved in and apologized to that asshole. I'm not one to apologize for nothing unless there is serious conviction behind the apology. Sometimes the person really want to make you feel like your opinion didn't matter. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going <laughs> to drop the bombshell, if you will. I told you I'm full of surprises. That's just me. I respect this, Booker man. Allow me to introduce you to the person replacing Pizza Simpson, a person that brings back or breathes back life into Wrestle Radio Network as is. Please welcome to the pilot episode of Beyond the Tracks, ladies and gents, Jake Ryan. Welcome back, sir. Hello, 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 Mr. Rails. How are we doing on this wonderful, beautiful afternoon? I'm doing great, sir. I mean, I'm getting ready for, uh, well, preparing myself for WrestleMania with another former co-host on the show, Granny Hulkster. We are going from Arkansas to Texas. I mean, I got a lot of good things going on. And I, you know, it's been, what has it been, four years? Close to that. It's been four years. It's been four years, folks. Let me let me explain this to you all. Um, this man that is on this show has been listening from afar, and I got to ask you, man, because I've been literally beating around the bush um, with the subject matter of the recently, uh, well, he self-resigned co-host, if you will. Um, he said things like, um, I give this show a year till it falls flat on its face. I don't think you, the original owner creator of this love child called Wrestle Radio Network, is going to want to see his own creation fall. No. Oh, I, I also, so before, so, so before... Mr. Rails took over. I had this baby. I had this thing, and I made it to what it. I made it to what it was at that point. We had at least over a thousand at that point, but mm-hmm. now, when I gave it to Mr. Rails, I was going through a personal matter. And okay. yeah. at the time, I but at the time I didn't have time for it. So now, four years later, we're we back. back out. Yep. Uh, me, and, me and Rails met back up in St. Louis for the Rumble. We had to sit down and talk about it, and here we are. Here's my thing, man. I don't, like I said, when you gave the, the birthing to the show, why don't you come up with your own show? We'll, come up, we'll let you come up with the title the rails uncensored you never minimize my time unless um the guest you know ran over time or whatever and this show is bigger i realize this as you grew on with the show this show is bigger than just one person that's what it was always meant to be yep and when pizza simpson did not grasp that concept my friend it was 
man, how do I put this, bro? It was um, it was very sad when you go out on a limb, and basically that person is starting to spout off about uh, people that he doesn't have any meeting with or had any meetings with. I listened to prior shows, and boy, one guy was terrible, or oh, you know, she only talked about herself. Granny had told me, you know, let me on the phone with this fella. Well, folks, you know, I was flailing for a certain amount of time until I got help with Granny until Jake came on occasionally. And then, you know, we disbanded in 2018 and the rest was history. Well, I, you know, was flattering around to find that reasoning, to find us a guest, to find us a purpose, if you will. I mean, being guestless on a podcast is like going to a party without no beer. I was just saying See, but now that the original creator, master manipulator, is back on the show, and a lot of things are going to change. A lot of things are going to change. And, so I'm going to take. I'm going to finally take a back seat and finally be able to do what I love, and that's you know, design new designs for the social media. You know, basically commingle guests. You know, so, that's so basically, what that's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. What's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen? The roles yep. of being the head guy is going to go back to me for, for the time being. I mean, Rails is not going away. Oh, no, I'm not going away, folks. Mm-mm. Rails is doing the other side. So it's basically instead of just one person dealing with all everything, both sides will be dealing with, with different aspects. So we talked about this at Rumble. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. So, so, so like, so like for example, me, I, me and Rail both have a vastly good Rolodex of guests, and since I'm back on the show, my Rolodex is back open to Rails. So, ladies and gentlemen, coming soon. It may not be February. But by after WrestleMania this year, guests will start flowing back in on the pod. So we'll start having guests again. Dude, I'm so ecstatic for that because I've had guests say, I want to come back on your show again. I mean, I think Jake kind of remembers when Buku Dao, well, he, I don't know, the the guy had his kid, Mazel Tov, but I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, I had a guest that was intoxicated on my show. So it's kind of funny because I literally put into mindset, you know, Wrestle Radio Network is a place you can talk anything and everything professional wrestling, but also gives a platform to future talents, you know, that I always believed in. And it's funny, dude, I think it's really super cool that one of my guests now is in NXT. Travis Slip Gordon. Um, there's another guest of mine, Jake Logan. I don't know if he's still in AEW or if he signed them officially, but he too was on my show. I'm not saying I'm the end all be all, but it's kind of like a four leaf clover, metaphorically speaking. If if you are on a certain show, I'm just kidding. These guys and gals work their asses off. So I'm excited to have guests on the show. I'm excited to finally take a back seat, you know, to a guy that I respect 
and have known over the years and I I trust, you know, with this show. And also, ladies and gentlemen, I have another announcement I'm going to tell you. If, for those of you original members of the show, when Rails first came on the show, I gave him a show called Off the Rails Uncensored. Ladies and gentlemen, that show will return very, very soon. Yeah, it's not just going to be not, a 15-minute fucking segment, dude. It's not going to be fucking condensed. I hated that. It's going to be it's going to be his own show on his own night. Yeah, and that way I don't have to condense a bunch of material and ball it up into a fist and be like, okay, I guess I have 15 minutes left for shit. <clears throat> So a lot of things are happening. Just stay tuned. Just stay yeah, tuned stay to tuned the Russell folks. Radio Network Facebook page, the Instagrams, all that. Stay tuned because that's where all of our announcements will come from. And also, I'm also working on something as well. Uh, we're going to start eventually moving out to doing Twitch, yep. like actually live streaming shows. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, – we're going to be starting to hang out more events. So, like, for example, coming up in March or April, so, so next weekend I should be at Journey Pro here in Kansas City, if you're in the Kansas City area. If in April, I will be at the Wrestling Revolver in Iowa. What day is that, my friend? I'll be April 16th. It is a Saturday. Well, I'm definitely going to Revolver again, folks. I... Wow, you know, it's been, uh, since we've had this little thing, or not little thing, this big old deal called Pandemic, haven't really been out to wrestling shows until now. I went to the Royal Rumble. Um, let me tell you, uh, that was... It felt good to go, it felt good to travel again. Yes, it felt great to be amongst other wrestling fans who... I would have wished, partner, I don't know about you, I would have hoped that Corey Graves would have been involved in the Royal Rumble. I mean, after all, the dude has been cleared to wrestle. Um, not only that, folks, but I just, the men's Rumble, not a thing. But aside from the critique, this is not an actual wrestling show. This is just a welcoming back to Jake Ryan, who will be taking over the duties of Wrestle Radio Network once again. I am relinquishing that part, this side of things, because I trust this man. Uh, We're both in a better place mentally. Uh, We both have the time to set aside and put together a wrestling show. Mm -hmm. And then also, on top of that, too, on top of that, too, uh, also with us being in a better place, us rekindling our friendship, but also during that four-year period, you and I barely ever talked to each other. I think because... so, So I think it's time... The boys are back in town. The podcast is back. Oh, and uh, by the way, uh, by the way, let me make this public service announcement to the person who said that my ship was going to sink after a year. I'm very much as passionate as Rowdy Rowdy Piper, Eddie Guerrero, and Moxley, and Brian Pillman. And you roll those personalities into one, you get Brian Rails. So I'm going to tell you, like I've said multiple times throughout this show, thank you for giving this show structure. 
um, from a professional standpoint. But fuck you, because here's the thing, man. Whenever someone tells me I can't do something or someone tells Jake that he can't do something, we take a look at that and say, okay, thanks for the motivation, dickbags. This is not only going to be an improvement on one end because we actually go, oh, dude, I have a major announcement. I just got a very fancy-dandy camera for the YouTube channel. And not only that, I'll be uploading live recordings of Twitch sessions with Jake and myself, but I will be sticking to editing social media with Adobe Premiere with funny reviews, not only funny reviews, but also transforming WrestleRadio Network, making it an actual thing so that we're on the grid with awesome shows like Heel Mark's podcast or Jim Cornette's show, but there's a lot of things that are going to be coming. Just stay yep, tuned, everyone. And we promise, <coughs> we promise you, you will not be disappointed. And if you guys want to go back with with the past shows, like we have, what's coming soon, I will have everything in chronological order, so I can go back and find archive shows, like our best shows. I will put up a best of at some point where we had our interview with Danny Cage. We had an interview with Izzy, who was now actually Izzy is probably one of the she's she's working for WoW now. Um, wow, women of wrestling. Yeah, works for WoW now. Uh, many Sasha, many many others. Yeah, we'll have a best of that'll go up later on soon. Probably by the end of March is when I'll have all that completely finished. But yeah, so just stay tuned. You guys, and speaking of which, this, uh, we'll go over this later on, but this week, Russell Radio returns, and you guys don't want to miss my first episode back. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it, folks, because. I feel, you know, it's funny. Um, before we continue on with the, you know, professional formality, or not formalities, but professionalisms, if you will, that we're the professional layout. My bad, I can't talk today, but um, I went through some mental stuff, and I remember messaging Jake directly because. Uh, yeah, you know, my grandfather passed. I uh, let everyone know how I feel. I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating. I'm not sugarcoating anything, folks. I'm literally letting you know how I feel. So, uh, with the 14 minutes remaining, um, essentially what I'm telling you is, folks, I was searching for a direction for Restorative Network. Man, I, I'm so glad we reconvened in uh, St. Louis, and I told you what was going on. Literally, this is what happened. So the story goes. I had a falling out with Pizza Simpson. You heard it a million times already. Um, if things didn't, you know, think, if things, no, things did not work out because when I'm told to convince something that I'm passionate about, uh, that you don't watch certain programming, dude, wrestling is a passion of all of us wrestling fans. Yes, it's not the same as it once was, but you still have to watch it. If I had to sit there and watch AEW, which I don't mind watching, it's not that bad. It is not that bad. I love watching AEW. 
I think AEW, like the whole, you know, motif with Adam Cole uh, doing the cutlass camp, or even something as simple as Moxley um, versus uh, Wheeler Yuta. Uh, not just matches, but their whole letting people lose thing, I like. Like the whole Dan Lambert, Brandy Rhodes thing. Loved it. I don't care if it was a work. I don't care if it was written. I think that if you take a look at things and they're able to see the positive, you're going to be confident. You're going to feel great. And that's what the difference between, I guess, I don't know, I haven't been in the back locker room at AEW. I want to someday. Um, But it gives the audience something to look forward to. Like, wow, didn't see Dan Lambert basically venting on how he really felt. And also, if I'm being honest with you, man, I watched WWE, but I kind of felt like things changed a lot since 2018. And kind of for, not for the better. But anyways, folks, Jake will be joining me on, we're going to set dates later. For now, on, it's going to be, for now, for the time being, the shows will be freelanced until set dates will be acquired. They'll be from Wednesdays at 9, 9.30 p.m., actually 10.30 my time, I live out east, 10.30 Eastern, 9.30 Central. You can download us free on iTunes. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah, before I go. Before I go. Apple Podcast, um, Google Podcast, LinkedIn. I'm not LinkedIn. Tune in. Uh, Stitcher. Uh, pretty much anywhere you can get your podcast, you can get it anywhere at this point. So that's still the yep, thing. Soon we'll have up on YouTube. Yep. Good to go. Yep. Be, uh, be sure, folks, because um, we will be broadcasting live shows. And we will, we, yeah, especially, yeah, we, that term hasn't been used in quite a while. Just felt like me. Not trying to be mean here, but uh, with the new, well, not new, it's basically a familiar face, if you will, clear voice, if you will. We will be freelancing um, shows for this just this week. I will be getting with Jake on what times work best for him and what times do not work for him. So on the regular shows, when shows convene, we'll be doing shows uh, the days after pay-per-views in WWE. We'll also be covering AEW pay-per-views. Um, what else? Not just AEW and WWE, but GCW. New Japan. Yeah. We're going back to the old style. Yep. We're going back Where's to the old way. Every... We're going back to the old way where wrestling matters. Impact, GCW, New Japan, everything. Basically, folks, we're not trying to bore you to tears with just a singular um, projection of what we view as wrestling. That will bore anyone to tears, as you heard on the last show that Pizza Simpson ever did. I applaud the man for being with me for seven months. It ain't easy, but if you don't know how to ride the rails, then get the fuck out. Just saying. Just saying. I'm just being 
fun with it. I'm not sugarcoating anything. I'm not trying to be Mr. Petty. I'm, you know, happy. See you. Bye later. But being part owner of this show again makes me feel like I can finally sit back and do my thing. And Jake can do his. That's what I partnership means. Yep. I have one thing to say. Oh, yeah. So the pizza sent them. So the pizza sent them. Or douchebag. Whatever I want to call you. Don't ever say his show's going to go downhill. Because you don't know who you're messing with, especially when he brings the original, the OG, back to the show. So if you want to come on here and run your mouth, come do it. So see, what we're saying is we're not laying down a challenge. Like we're telling you, we will be professionals about it. We will not talk over you. But once you've made your points, we're going to basically say, well, you know, he said this, he said that, dude. And yeah, you're right. I didn't pay you. I don't have the funds to fucking do that. But here's the other thing, man. I mean, I didn't when pay you, him. I mean, I didn't no, pay he didn't him. pay me, but I gladly, yeah, I gladly went on the show and basically expressed the real about professional wrestling, which a lot of fans have their viewpoints on certain people. A lot of fans have their viewpoints on this person. With me, I can talk two perspectives in the sense that I'm not the all-knowing expert, but this, you know, this is how I felt. And when you condensed and tried to put me in the box, that's when I said, nope, draw the line. If I would have said to Jake, do you contribute, you know, money to this show, he could easily stood up and said, bitch, please, I've been doing this since 2000, you know, whatever. And by the way, I didn't know this. I'm going to listen uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, when, uh, when Jake... The creator of the show is on, ironically, on my actual birth date. So, yes, this is this show is our love child. Uh, Jake helped create it, father it. I helped, you know, foster some new ideas to breed, breed a new kind of life into the social medias, created the uh, Instagram, made sure that people were aware of what's going on. Got, you know, I don't get a lot of likes on it, but I'm working on it. Type thing. So, literally, folks, what we're trying to say in a long-winded way is going back to the old ways of Wrestle Radio Network, it's just more structured. Thank you, Pizza Simpson, for giving this show structure. But also, thank you for telling the the prior owner and the current owner of this show, the co-owners, that our show is going to dip into the well of non non-success or no success at all when in fact you have no idea what you are entailing we've had guests on our show that have been on tv we've had guests on our show that have signed major deals not because of us but because they work their asses off and they stop by and say hello to the little people you know like podcast here and there i don't ever take credit for anybody's success and you seem to think that i did so Here's the, here's the fun part. Sit back. Enjoy the show. Uh, you're more than welcome to come on and try and argue your points, and we will gladly put you on mute <laughs> after, after you've made your point because we're that fair of a show. 
And two, this is not a bash him, break him up, make him look silly type thing. This is a finally the trash took itself out type of moment. Um, in with out with the old, in with the kind of new, and we're ready to make things work. We're ready to make things happy. And here at Wrestle Radio Network, you can catch us. Yes, right after the show, it remasters, re-records itself, and masters itself. Download it, share it, fucking repeat the fucking cycle. I, my friend, you know, I heard that Sting was coming to Wichita. And uh, yep. Kurt, yeah. and Mike is on the same show. So yours truly might be flying to Kansas City for that purpose. Yep. All right, folks, that'll uh, that'll do it for today's show, the Wrestle Radio Network, the first pilot episode of Beyond the Trash, the aftermath show after Off the Rails Uncensored. Not renaming Wrestle Radio Network due to creative control now being shifted over to Jake Ryan again. So I'm not leaving. I'm just taking a back seat to the right man in charge in charge of this job. So. Uh, Jake, do you have any uh, send-offs that you uh, want to relay to the audience? Uh, just just listen up. Just keep on our socials. and Hey, we return this week with a fantastic show. So Tune in this week on either Wednesday or Thursday. These uh, announcements are to be decided, so I'm not for sure if we're airing on Wednesday or Thursday. I will convene with Jake after this show airs. Um, so yeah, partner, it's good to have you back on board. It's good to, to finally take a back seat. So you know what? I'm happy I let the right man take the reins. So uh, if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails or Jake Ryan had to say, I got three choice. We got three choice words for you. Get about it. Toodles, bitches. Have a good afternoon, night, evening, whenever. Thank you for uh, thank you Tokyo, thank you Montreal, thank you Toronto, thank you. Milan, thank you. Whoever's fucking listening to this craziness, love you. Uh, we'll see you either Wednesday, Thursday, folks. <laughs> Got to go. Things to do, people to be, and, and things to try out. Love yous. Night. Good evening. Whatever. Dig it. <laughs>